0: Okay, the Itamathur is sponsored by Adam and Yudit Benzev in honor of their children, Jake, Serena, and Rosie. And the Dafyomi is sponsored by the Plunka family for the yard of Chana, Esther, Bas, Eliyahu, Eliezer. Okay, we are at the bottom of Pe Gimelum and base, about three lines up from the bottom. <clears throat> So the Mishnah day, uh, yesterday talked about a person was bit by a crazy dog. Okay, so what's the definition of a crazy dog? Piv Pasuach, its mouth is open. Riru no deif, its saliva's dripping out. Uznav Sruchos, its ears are very big and tilted down. Visnava Munach al Yarkosov and its tail. is is in between its legs. And it walks on the sides of the road. Some say another sign of this crazy dog is that when it barks, um, nothing comes out. No sound comes out. Where did this dog... This is like a dog that seems like it's possessed. So where is this from? You should assume that it was people who were doing like witchcraft and... Put, put some crazy tricks into the dog. Shmuel says you should assume that there's a, some spirit that got into the dog. My benayah, what's the difference whether I should assume it was because people um, put some type of witchcraft into it or because of a ruach ra? That when you go to kill this dog, should a person be careful to not get too close? If it's because of a ruach ra, so then the Gemara is saying, coming too close to the dog could be dangerous, and therefore you should shoot it. Don't go too close. If it's just because of the nashim uh, esachkos bow, the people who were doing kshafim aren't. So then the Gemara is saying it's not dangerous to get close to it. Tani we have a proof like Shmuel's opinion, that the Bryce says when you go to kill this dog, you should kill it with something that you could throw. Don't get too close to it. The be'mistaking. Somebody who comes in contact with it is in danger. De no nochisle. Somebody who gets bit by it is ma'ys would die. De chayiv be mistakein, may takante. What would be his the the way for him to be saved from his danger? Nishlach mane, vinashdinu kamei, even near it. Sounds a little interesting. Take take off his clothes, throw it in front of it, and run away. Refune brei de'vashua chaf be chad minay b'shuka. This happened to him. This one of these crazy dogs, this Kelif Shota, rubbed up against him. He did this advice. He said, I fulfilled the Pasuk, which says, because of wisdom, a person can keep himself alive. A person who got bit by it would die. What's the, what should he do to save himself? He should bring a skin. Of a tzavua zachhar, it's a certain type of animal, I believe. Ani Plania bar Palnisa. I am the this person, the son of Palnisa. I just thought it was interesting. And normally we refer, right, when we get called up for an aliyah, we get called by our name, the son of our father's name. Right? Normally we were we were called by our father's name. Right? There's one exception, which is when a person's sick, we refer to them by their mother's, by their mother's name. So I just thought it was interesting. We're talking about a case where the person was sick, and you see, you see like that in the Gemara, right? The Gemara said, bar Palnisa. Palnisa is female. He was referring to himself by his mother's name. I thought that was an interesting diak. My father-in-law once told me that um, an explanation he once saw is that since a mother is very involved with a child when he's sick and taking care of him and t- caring for the child, so maybe that would be a reason why, specifically when a person's sick, we refer to the, to the mother of the person. Okay. Am and he should write on this thing, on this material, kasiv nalach. I'm writing these words, kanti kanti These words, kanti kanti klirus. Ve'om rilon. Some say he should write the words, kandi kandi klirus. Those words, ka ka hashem These are uses of Hashem's name. Amen. Amen. Asela. So this is the script he should write on this, on this skin. Ve'na shalchinu then he should throw he should throw down his clothes like baruna bikvari and he should bury them in a cemetery at trace aryahitele year shasa vnakinu vnaklino betanura take them out and burn them up and avdarinula kamate parsha drachim and he should throw the ashes all over the road anah trace shasa and during those 12 months kishasa shasa mayal listi elabugufsa dinakha that when he drinks he should only drink out of a copper a material, domohazi Beva, the shidalist stacking, because if it's something which has more of a reflection, he might see the reflection of the shade of this spirit, which which is damaging the person, and it could be dangerous. Marta, hu, of the de Dava, his mother made him one out of gold, Similar thing, a material which doesn't show a clear a clear reflection. Oda of Mass Joran chash Fidna. Yochanan got sick with a sickness called Svidna. Rashi explains that it was a, a pain in the teeth which, meaning it started in the mouth. The gomer b'bnei ayin. Rashi says and it finishes in his in his stomach. In his innards. And it's dangerous. So got sick with this sickness called Svidna, so there was a, a non-Jewish doctor who came to, to heal him. She Healed him on Thursday and Friday. He asked her, what should I do on Shabbos if I, if I need another refuel? She said, you're not going to need it. He said, let's say I do. What should I do? She said, swear to me that you won't reveal my secrets. So he swore to Hashem, I won't reveal it. In other words, he was very careful in how he phrased it. He said, I won't reveal it to Hashem. Then he left and he explained it to the other people, this rifua, this healing that the lady told him. Asked the Gemara, how could he do that? He swore that he won't reveal it. The Gemara says, no, he was careful in how he phrased it. He said, He said, I won't tell Hashem he was careful to not swear that he won't tell people in other words when he phrased the swear he he, he phrased it in a way that it was clear that he he wasn't swearing to not tell other people Ask the gamarva ikha chilul hashem but there's a hilul hashem so rashi here says what's the hilul hashem rashi says she swore hashem is she's going to she's not going to realize that distinction that he made she's going to think he really swore that he won't tell anybody, and therefore when he goes and tells people, it's going to be that she's thinking that you're, you're allowed to transgress a shvua, a swear that you take. The says, no, Now the answer is that he went back and explained to her why there was no problem with, in the halachas of shvua with what he did, because he's explaining that I never, um, I never swore that I won't tell anybody. I'm assuming the case is that they needed this to know this Rafua for whatever reason, and this was this was the way to, to get it out of the doctor that wasn't willing to reveal it, as much as it seems like a little bit of a trick. I'm assuming there was for the for the benefit of people, this was the way to get it out, and he was careful to not transgress any shavuah when he did it. Sorry, my my avdale. So what type of healing did the lady do for the sickness of called sefidna? A marvacha breid mimi shem zayis umelach liquid, meaning some some water that came from dough mixed with shem en zayis oil, olives and salt. seor gufe zayis It was the dough itself mixed with shem en zayis umelach. Rav Ashi de gadfa de avza, which Rashi says was a, was a type of fat from a small bone in the wing of a bird. Amr um, Abaye Anavdi Lakulu Abaya says I did all of these for the sickness vloyetsi and I didn't get better Ado Liha Hutaya I see kashaisa till somebody told me bring the seeds of olives like the the pits of olives the lamalu which um, are not a third um, ripened kalinu benuura and you should cook them in a fire Amr chadeta. Amara which Rashi explains means, on a, a new type of something bitter. Rashi is called pushir. Ve'ad bik biki dori, and you should you should put that on your teeth, which is which was the source of the the pain, this type of sickness. Abdi ha'chi vetzoi. The Bible says he did that and he got better. Mi mai hava. What's the cause of this sickness? Mi chamimi chamimi dechiti. Eating bread which is too hot. U'mishyuri kasa deharshana or eating fish which was cooked with flour and it's the fish oil. dishiura, um, which means that it was left over, it was left out overnight. see money, what's a way to remember the cause of the sickness and the, the refuah, the way to heal it? That the cause was putting something in the person's mouth and the sickness itself was a type of bleeding which came from the person's mouth and went into his Insights. Rabbi Yochanan Kichash When Rabbi Yochanan had this sickness, tzvidna aved hachi beshabs of itzi. So Rabbi Yochanan had this sickness, and he was he did this rifua, this type of healing on Shabbos, and he got better. Rabbi Yochanan hechi hachi. Ask the Gemara, how could Rabbi Yochanan do this healing on Shabbos? Amr of Nachman bar Yitzchak. I'm sorry. Rashi says this next line, which we have, should really be taken out. Rashi says, this is really a line from the Gemara in Avodah Zara. So We'll skip one line. Like which opinion in the Mishnah was it that Rav Yochanan did this refuah, this healing on Shabbos? It's like the opinion of Rav ben Chayrish, the Omar who said, that a person who has a, a pain in his throat is allowed to take that medicine, like we explained yesterday, would mean even create even involved Malacha in creating the medicine on Shabbos. So just to give a little background, in the Mishnah yesterday, right? everyone agrees something which is dangerous and a, a threat to a person's life, a person can break Shabbos to save it. We had a disagreement in the Mishnah that if you have a case where it's not so clear that the refuah would even solve the person's life, are you allowed to do it? So in other words, the case we had in the Mishnah where there was for sure a disagreement was a person who was bit by this crazy dog. It sounded like the refua of the time was to feed mm. a part of the dog to the person. So the first opinion, the Tanakama, said that it's not, it's not proven enough that that's successful and therefore you don't have any heter. You have no right to go and eat that prohib- prohibited food. And Ramasya bin Cheresh said it's okay. Then the Mishnah said, V'od Amr Ramasya bin Cheresh Ramasya said another case that a person who's has a pain in his throat, he can do to create the medicine. So the question's going to be, do the, does, the Rabbanon, does the other opinion in the Mishnah agree to that case? Or do they also disagree? We know there's a disagreement by the case in the Mishnah of feeding part of the dog to the person who was bit by the dog. But then Reb Masya came and said another case, that a person who has this throat pain can do Chilul Shabbos, can break Shabbos to, um, to save his life. Do the Rabbanon and the Mishnah agree to that? Or do they also disagree with that case? So the Gemara is asking, Rabbi Yochanan did that on Shabbos. We're saying that seemingly would only fit like the opinion of Amasya bin Keresh, who is the opinion in the Mishnah, said you're allowed to do that. Now Rabbi Yochanan held that everyone agrees to that case And the Rabbanon only disagreeing with the first case of feeding part of the dog to the person. Okay, so that's what the Gemara's topic is going to be. Can we prove one way or the other whether the Rabbanon and the Mishnah agree that person who has this throat pain on Shabbos is allowed to break Shabbos to make the medicine? I'll bring a proof to Rabbi Yochanan that the Rabbanon agree to that case. Because Misha, Aksa, Yirakon, person who has a sickness called Yirakon, Rashi says, it's a choli, a sickness, a pun of marikas, that his face becomes um, pale. You can feed that person meat from a donkey. A person who got bit by this crazy dog, you can feed it from the inside of the dog. And a person who has this throat pain. You can you can make that medicine, give him the medicine on Shabbos. That was all the opinion of Ramasyeh ben Cherish. So that was three cases he said. By these, that's not refua. That's not a proper healing. So what's these? They're coming to argue on two, at least two out of the three. So which ones are they arguing on? Says the Gemara, I would read it as sam." Do, isn't, aren't they coming to say that by one of the three, meaning the last one, I agree to you that you can do that on champs. But by the first two, I disagree. Be'elu means by the first two I disagree with you, but by the third one I agree to you. So that would be a support like Rabbi Yochanan's opinion, who said by this type of sickness everyone agrees that a person can do this malacha, the, the work involved in in creating this medicine on champs says, no, you can't prove it from the Brysa, because I could say, Lo, lemuti, makis, and dam l'srunchi. I could read the Brysa, as they're saying, the three which you, Ramas ben Cherish, listed, I disagree with all three. Which case do I agree that they heard he, sa- he, was ta- he talked about a fourth case also, and on that fourth case is when they said he agrees. Ha'okhanami mestab. Brother G'mar says it's logical like that opinion, in other words, that you can't prove that the Rabbanan agree by the case of the person who has the pain in his mouth or his throat that we have a which which records there were three things that was heard from Reb Masya a person who has this sickness called so the way they would heal it was, was to take out some blood and a person who got bit by this crazy dog you can feed Part of the dog to the person. And a person who has a pain in his mouth, you can give him this medicine on Shabbos. And the Chachamim say, By these, again, vague which cases they're going back on, but by these, there's, there's not a clear healing, and therefore you're not allowed to do them. So when they said, these you're not allowed to do, which case were they saying you could do? My love, Atarti basraisa, lemuti de Resha, were they not saying the last two I disagree with, but the first one, which is the person who had the sickness called Srunchi, that the, the way to heal it was to take out some blood. Are they not saying in that first one I agree? Which would be a proof that that's the one, that's the case the Rabbanan are agreeing to, versus Lo. Tarti kamais de I could read it that they're saying the first two I disagree with, but the third case. Which is the case of the person with the pain in his mouth or his throat, then they could agree that you're allowed to make and give the person that medicine. So, just to summarize what we did, Rabbi Yochanan had the type of sickness in his mouth which required um, some type of breaking Shabbos and creating the medicine, giving the medicine. So, we know that Rabbi ben in the Mishnah said that's okay. The question is is he assuming like that opinion? Or is Rabbi Yochanan really assuming that everybody agrees in this type of case? So the Gemara tried to prove it, and we disproved it. We tried to prove the disproof, and we disproved the disproof. Okay, so we're holding by Rabbi Yochanan seemed to hold everybody agreed, but we can't prove it. Okay, tapavamud beis. Tosh nafsho, That a lady who is pregnant, and the uber, the baby, smells something which creates that, Desire for her to eat something, which we learned earlier is a sakona, could be dangerous. So we learned that, that you, you feed her until, until she calms down. A person who is bit by this crazy dog. You can feed the person from the inside of the dog. And a person who has this pain in his mouth, you can give him the medicine. So that was all the opinion of Masyab and Cherish. Omrim. So we have another Brysa. Chachomim said, Bezu, Velo, On this one, I agree to you, but I disagree with you by the other. Bezu, Ahai. What do they mean when they said the word this one? What's this one? a Obra, if it's going back on the first case, Pshita. Obra, Mi'ik, Alamanda, Delo, the first case, Of course, everyone agrees that if the lady who's pregnant, who has this desire because of the baby inside of her, that the the halacha was you can feed her, for sure everyone agreed to that. Even when we learned the Mishnah, the way it was presented didn't make any mention mention of a disagreement. So I don't need this b'risa to come to teach me that's according to all opinions. That I would have already known from reading the Mishnah. So what is the Brisa coming to highlight when the Chachamim say, this one I agree. It can't be on the first one, which is the lady who's pregnant. As much as it's true they agree, but I already know that they agree in that case. So which case do they agree that the Brisa is now coming to teach me? El olav The Gemara says that the, it seems like from the Brisa that the case they're coming to say, I agree, is the case, the third case, which is Rabbi Yochanan's case. The person who has the pain in his mouth or his throat can prepare and take the medicine on Shabbos. Sh'ma that's a proof like Rib Yochanan, that from this b'raisa we really see that both opinions agree that a person with this pain in his mouth, that refuah, that healing, was proven enough to allow the person to break Shabbos to take it. Rashi says it sounds like that in reading the Mishnah also, that everyone would agree to that case. Because it says... After it brought the disagreement by the person who was bit by the crazy dog, the Mishnah said, and Reb ben said another thing, which is, that a person who has this pain in his mouth can take this medicine. It sounds like the Rabbin don't, don't disagree. Because if you'll tell me that the Rabbin really disagree, which would mean they're arguing by two cases. They're arguing, number one, by the Kel of Shota, the crazy dog. And they're arguing about this case of the person with the pain in his mouth. Then, In the, in the presentation of the Mishnah, it should have put both cases together, listed both cases, the Ramasir ben said it's okay. And then it should have said, and the and disagree. Saying, by the fact that the Mishnah quoted the first case and brought there's a disagreement, and then said, and there's another case. In the presentation, it sounds like that last case is something which everyone would agree to, which would be a support like Rabbi Yochanan, who was coming to say that that case is true Alma true according to all opinions. Okay, two dots, about 15 lines down, peidal ar the Mishnah said, because this is, it's 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 a question of a person's life. And if it's a question of a person's life, you're allowed to break Shabbos. Ask the gemara. of a What is the Mishnah adding by saying the same the same rule again? Right? It said you're allowed to do this because it's a question of a person's life. And anything with a question of a person's life, you could break Shabbos. Sounds like it's hinting to another case which I wouldn't have known from before. Umr of Yehuda Rav, what's the case? amru, meaning the first case of the Mishnah would have been the person's in danger today. It's Shabbos, the person's in danger. Says the Mishnah, break Shabbos, save the person's life. What the, what the extra line is coming to include is even if the person's not in danger today on Shabbos, but he is in danger in the near future. What's the case? The which means that the doctor said he needs to get this healing in the next eight days, sorry, for eight days, and the first day we're holding on is on Shabbos. The doctor says he needs this refuah, this healing for eight days straight and today's Shabbos. So my question is, should I push it off till Sunday and do Sunday to Sunday, which would mean only breaking one Shabbos? Or should I start today on Shabbos, which is going to come out, I'm breaking this Shabbos, and day eight, is going to be next Shabbos. So the Mishnah is coming to say, "Mahu somebody would have argued, if it's not an imminent danger, so then a person should push it off till Sunday, start Sunday, to avoid breaking two Shabbos, Kamash V'lan says the Mishnah, no, that even though the person is not in imminent danger, it's obviously something which eventually is life-threatening, so, you should start the refu'ah, start the healing today on Shabbos, even though it's going to result in an extra breaking of next Shabbos. Tanya Nami <inaudible> Add food for him on Shabbos, if, if it's necessary for his well being. Bein <inaudible> lahashkosa, bein lahavrosa. Or to get, whether to give him to drink or to give him lahavroso, which actually says to, to be able to wash him off. In order to make him healthier, and the Gemara is bringing it for this line that it's not only true if he's in danger on this Shabbos. It's true even if the danger is not in the direct future. It's only relevant a little, and and, and, and today it's only in the in the very near future. We don't say let's wait a little bit, see if he gets better without breaking Shabbos. No, you could break Shabbos right now. Because if a person's life is in danger, you break Shabbos, Shabbos, Acharis. And not only if it's to this Shabbos, even if it's a question of breaking next Shabbos. Okay, the Bryce continues. That a person shouldn't do these things based on a non Jew. al he should look for the most righteous person to break Shabbos to save the chawla, to save the sick person. So one explanation for this would be, is that um, the, the Jewish person is going to do it with much more um, excitement for the mitzvah of saving a person's life, just a, like a muscle, right? There's a reason, but the people we call Hatzalah because they're, they're known for Getting there very very quick because they take it very very seriously. The appreciation of saving a person's life, they get there very very quick. So you should look for the, the person. But it also says you should look for the gedoli Yisrael, which means, which means you should look for like the Rav to come and save the person's life. So the explanation for that would be, is that if just a if just a normal person saves breaks Shabbos that saves a person's life, a person could get confused as to what crosses the line of a legitimate reason to, to break Shabbos to save a person's life. So if you have the Rav do it, who is able to know the Halachas better, so then it could be less of a mistake in the future of where to draw the line of breaking Shabbos. The way we have the Gemara, it says that when you're assessing if a person needs to break Shabbos, you should, you should not trust the opinion of a non-Jew. The way I would understand that one is If if a person, right? If a person has an appreciation of the specialness of Shabbos, so then in his mind, if it's a question, should I break Shabbos for the sake of the person's life? There's there's two conflicting things. One is the specialness of Shabbos, and one is the specialness of the person's life. So a person will do an accurate assessment, which is, should I give in and break Shabbos for the? for the person's life, or if it's not a danger, so then Shabbos has precedence. If a person doesn't have any appreciation of the specialness of Shabbos, so then in his head, it's a totally different question. Well, what's the big deal breaking Shabbos anyway? You might as well not take any chance and drive. So the Gemara is saying that you should use the assessment of of, of a Jewish person who has the appreciation of the specialness of Shabbos so that he'll make the proper assessment. But the Brakse also said you shouldn't trust the opinion of women. So I saw on the back the rush brings that some were very bothered. That why, why would it be? Why would it be you shouldn't trust the assessment of, of women any more than men? So they were so bothered that they changed the gears on the Gemara. They changed it to say the exact opposite. You should trust the women so much that even if she's disagreeing with men about, like Gemaras we had yesterday, one person said they need to break Shabbos, one says not. You should trust the opinion of women just as much as men, even if they're disagreeing with the men. Okay, so if you want to tell your wife a nice thing, you could say. Some rishonim even changed the gears of the Gemara because they were so bothered that we, should, we shouldn't trust them. Okay, um, another, another chat that's given over here is that you should use people similar to what we were saying before. You should use people who were not concerned are going to learn from this experience and make a mistake in future experiences. Right? So the women who generally were, were less learned in terms of knowing the halachas. So the concern was that in the future, if another case came up, they might not be able to be madame milsa milsa, be able to compare and contrast. Is this the, the same level of tzoruch, necessity to break Shabbos? So rather, it was, it was more preferable to use, to use the men who were generally more learned so that they would be able to make the correct assessment in the future. Okay, Tana Rabbanon, and p'ikoch nefesh b'shabos, is That uh, when a person goes to save a life, a person who does it quicker, he rushes to break Shabbos to save the person's life is a good thing. You don't have to go ask a question. You don't, you don't try to run over to the Rav's house and make sure before you save the person's life. If it's a question of the person's life, you go ahead and do it. Examples. If there was a, there was a baby that fell into a river or an ocean, so, you throw out a net and you catch him. And the Bresa adds, don't go ask a question. It sounds like that's coming to say, even though somebody would have thought that I'm doing something worse than the first case you told me, still you should do it. So, what's that case? What are those words coming to add? Even though when you throw out your net to pick up the baby, you're going to catch hundreds of fish. So, you're doing many... Despite the fact that you're breaking Shabbos in the process. <speaking> in <Hebrew> if a child fell into a pit, <speaking> in <Hebrew> So, you can dig out some of the dirt to make it easier to get in and take him out. <speaking in Hebrew> Don't go ask a question. Don't go ask a question. Darga, even though you're also fixing a stair, which means there's another breaking of Shabbos happening in the process of saving the kid, it's fine. If there was a door, a child got locked in a room. So it must, be, it must be the case is there's some level of danger involved. In other words, if he's locked in a room and it'll take two minutes to get him out and everything's fine, so then I wouldn't think we're going to do what the Gemara says, but... Must be some level of the child's going to get afraid, and that could be dangerous, or some level of danger. The atinuk shovra, you could break down the door, even though that's breaking Shabbos. So sir, sorry about that. Umoziyo. Okay. Somebody else, but it's also me. Uh, Should I just announce it? If everybody could just mute on the computer. Okay, is and a person who does it quickly. Okay, so again, this last case. If a child got locked in a, in a room, Shovra, you break down the door and you take the child out, even though the malach involved is so sir. you're, you're, you're breaking down part of the building, you could, take, you could do it. If you do it quick, that's a good thing. Don't go ask a question. Even though you're benefiting, because you're even getting materials from the breaking, which we'll use for a building in the future, still that's fine. It means you could put out a fire, that's mechabin. Mapsikin means you could fill up jugs of water to stop a fire from spreading. Mipnei because of a fire is a person who does it faster is even better. rishos You don't need to ask permission from the roof. mamchik mikuchi. Even though he's mamchik mikuchi, which Rashi says, even though he's going to, he's gaining, he's going to save coals for his barbecue tonight. And once he puts out the fire, he's still going to save materials to use for cooking for the Mitzvah Shabbos barbecue. So you're gaining from the, the, putting out the fire to save the person still. It's okay. Utsuricha. Says the Gemara, the Brisa had to tell me all of these cases. The Ashmin and Yam. If you just said the first case where the child was in the, in the water. There's a very imminent danger. If a person is not saved from the water, so then it could be very, very, very dangerous right away. But when the child's in the pit, so as much as there's some danger involved, it's not the same danger of drowning. So maybe I would have said, in that case, you can't be as quick to start digging up the ground to get the child out. Says the Bryson, no, even in that case with the child in the pit, you could do it immediately. And if you just say the case of a pit, and if you just say the case of a pit, I would have said the reason it's allowed by a pit is because the child is some level of afraid. Aval ninolodellus, but if he's in a normal room, just the door got locked, after Joseph by Gisamishabusliba Mguzi, maybe you could entertain him. You'll save the child from getting afraid. You'll throw him some nuts over over the over the door, through the window, whatever. Basically you can entertain the kid, stall a little bit until the key comes. So maybe there's no heter. You're not allowed to knock down the door. No, it's even in that case where it's not an immediate danger and there might be another way to try to stall, still the person's allowed to go and break down the door. The fourth case was that a person can put out the fire or put out jugs to stop the fire from spreading. The reason where the Gemara is bothered is that should be even more basic. right? A fire is very, very dangerous. That seems even more dangerous than the than the cases of being in a pit or a child being locked in a room. So the Gemara says, no, that's coming to add. Even if it's a chutz or acher, it's in a different courtyard, so the fire is not even here. Still, because of the concern of fire, which is a very very big concern, it could spread and it can spread fast. So a person's allowed to break Shabbos even if there's a fire here and there's nobody there. But in the, in the chutz or next door, in the next courtyard, there's people there. You can go and put out the fire because of the concern it spreads, which is very dangerous. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Amar Shmuel, lo nefesh achar ha Okay, Shmuel said that even though generally in the Torah we go based on rov, which is we learn from psukim, we learn out from the Torah that if a person is not sure, a person's allowed to rely on rov, which is the majority. For example, a person finds a piece of meat in the street. And Rove, most stores in this town are kosher, and one store is not kosher. Okay, nine to one. So majority says it's kosher. Find a piece of meat on the floor. Obviously, it doesn't have a seven-mile sticker. If it did, then there wouldn't be a question. But I find, I find a hamburger on the floor. It doesn't have any, any signs of which store it's from. So Rove would say you can, you can assume that it's from the kosher store. Okay, that's the halakha of relying on Rove. Says Shmuel, when it comes to saving a person's life, we don't rely on Rove. Which means even if it's a minority chance that there's a Jewish person there that needs to be saved, still you go with the minority and you go and do what you have to do to save the person's life. In other words, you don't assume like the majority and therefore not do anything. So we say, no, even though there's a minority chance, still you go and save the person's life. Hey, chidami, what's the case that he's talking about? If the case is that there's nine Jews and one non-Jewish person, and it's a question of going, and let's say a building fell down, going and searching, meaning, let's say you had nine Jews, one non-Jewish person, and a building fell down, on one of the ten, you're not sure which one. So if Shemot coming to say, in that case, you should go break Shabbos to save the person, that's much more obvious. Their majority says it's a Jewish person, so go ahead. So that's not what he's coming to teach me. Inami And if it's 50-50, so that's also not what he's coming to teach me. Because at best, that's a 50-50, which should mean I'm not sure. And the rule is, if you're not sure and the question is a person's life, you break Shabbos. So what, what case is Shmuel saying when he said, even though it's a minority still? El Adi'ika Tisha Yisrael Echad. is saying, maybe his case is that there's one Jew and nine non-Jews and let's say a building fell down on one of the ten, I'm not sure which one. So somebody could have argued, well, Rove says, assume it's a non-Jewish person. You're not allowed to break Shabbos. Says Shmuel, no, that you don't go based on a Rove. Rather, even though there's a 10% chance it's the Jewish person, still you go and break Shabbos. Says the G'mon, Hanami Pshit. That I also already know. le kavua, the kol kavua kemechza mechsa dami. Because that's what the Ahlacha called kavua, I'll explain in a second. And kavua is kemechza mechza. That's 50-50. So kavua is another thing we learn out from a Pasuk. In other words, there's one source for a lacha called rov, which means you go based on the majority. There's another source called kavua, which means that if you have a situation where the question arises to you when everything was in its original place. So in other words, the mashal I gave before was, I found a piece of meat. I walk out of shul and I find a piece of meat on the floor. So Rove says, the majority of, if the majority of the stores in my town are kosher, you can assume it's kosher. Okay, let's say a different case. Let's say a person's in a store, and he picks up a piece of, he's he's holding a piece of meat, and he just forgets where he got it from. He doesn't remember if he brought it with him from a different store, if he got it from this store. But the question, the question arises to the person while he's still in the store. He's not in the street. So that's called the suffik, the question began when he's in the makkam kviyas, when he's in the place where the meats are. So that we learned from a different pusik that in such a situation, a person does not rely on rove, that a person deals with it as 50-50. Even if 90% of the stores would be kosher, a person in that situation is not allowed to rely on that. He has to deal with it as a 50-50 question and not eat it. So the Gemara is Shmuel said you don't go based on majority. Maybe his case was there's a one Jewish person and nine non-Jewish people, and he's coming to say, still go break Shabbos." Come on, I'm saying I would know that without him. Because if there was ten people in this courtyard and a building fell in one of the ten, that means all my facts were right here. And the suffix, the question, arose right here. So that's Kavua. The question arose while everybody was in their place, and therefore. Even without Shmuel's halacha, it should be regarded as if it's 50-50, even though technically in numbers it's 90-10. to But the halacha of kavua says, look at it as if it's 50-50, and if you have a 50-50 question, halachas, you break Shabbos. So still, what case is Shmuel coming to teach me? Now the case is where you can avoid this last thing of, of kavua. That if the people are traveling, to the next courtyard, they were all here in one courtyard, now they're traveling to the next courtyard, but if they're still in the, in the process of moving, they're still traveling, so therefore it wouldn't be defined as kavua, that they're in their set place, and therefore the halacha of Rove would say, assume it's a non-Jewish person, still Shmuel says no, that even though there's majority non-Jewish people, still for the sake of the person's life, you go with the minority and you go and break Shabbos. You would have argued and said, you should go based on majority. You should assume the person that the building fell down on was a person that would not allow you to break Shabbos. Kamash Shmuelan says, Shmuel, no, the nefesh when it comes to saving a person's life, even though it's, it's the minority, still a person's allowed to break Shabbos to do it. Ini asi, but we have a statement from Rabbi Yochanan that if you have one Jew and nine Jewish people in one chatzar, in one courtyard, then if a building fell down, you would, you would start digging to try to find who the person was. But chatzar once they're in a different courtyard, you wouldn't. So the Gemara is challenging. From him, it seems to be saying that if you have a case where it's rove, that the majority would tell you not to break Shabbos, you wouldn't be allowed to. Shmuel seems to be saying you would be allowed to. And we're asking, how does that fit with Rabbi Yochanan's statement, which seems to say in the same case, you're not allowed to. So, The difference would be if everybody went there or not everybody went there. The way Rachi explains it is, if I know in this courtyard there was nine nine non-Jews and one Jewish person. Okay, so we said if a building fell down in this courtyard or in one of the ten, That's kavua, which means even though there's a 90% chance I can't break Shabbos because of the halacha of kavua, I deal with it as if it's 50-50, and therefore I would break Shabbos. If they all went, if all 10 went to the next courtyard, but they were still in the process of moving, so it's not technically defined as kavua, that they're stationary, and the building fell on one of the 10, that's Shmuel's case saying that even the majority would say you cannot break Shabbos, still you're allowed to because you don't go based on, you don't go based on Rov, you don't go based on majority. The case that you would not be allowed to would be if you don't even know that there was ever a Jewish person in the second Chatzor. The only time you can is if you know all 10 people made it to the second courtyard, so you know that there was a Jewish person once there, then your question is when the building fell down, did it fall on the Jewish person? But if you knew that there was nine non-Jews and one Jewish person in the first courtyard, and you know one of the ten moved to the second courtyard and the building fell, since you don't ever know there was a Jewish person there, so then you would not have the right to go break Shabbos for that case. Okay, let's stop over here. Go ahead.